What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, the podcast where we're telling inspiring stories that resonate. And I'm your host, Paula Sanders. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or just someone looking to level up in your life, I'm here to give you the tools, inspiration, and advice to help you reach your full potential. On this podcast, we'll explore topics like personal growth, relationships, and self-care, because living your best life means being the best to yourself. The world is your oyster, and together, we're going to crack it open. Okay, we are back, and we are riding high off of last week, which was an epic one. If you missed it, I was a guest on my favorite podcast, Fixing Famous People, and then the hosts of that show, Krista Rosa and Dominic Pupa, were on here on Friday. And damn, did we have some laughs. They are hilarious and I cannot wait to have them back on the show. So if you have not listened to either of our episodes, I would highly recommend doing so because LOL, these two are just the best. I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest because I have been holding on to this episode since the fall. I was waiting for the right moment to release it. You know, when I took a break, a very small break, by the way, over the summer, it really felt like I had to almost rebuild our entire audience again. and. I finally feel like we're in a really good place and it's time to release this episode because it is full of so many gems. You guys, I really hope that you have a pen and paper next to you because you are about to experience a masterclass in hustle. Our guest this week is Trinity Chavez. Trinity is a television host, a journalist, and she's worked her way up to be the lead anchor at the New York Stock Exchange. She's telling us all about her journey, but she's leaving us with so much more than that. I know that you are going to absolutely love this episode. And speaking of loving our episodes, you have no idea how much a simple share goes. So if you're loving an episode, share it with your friends on social media, shoot them a text. I don't know, send them a smoke signal. But this is one of the most efficient ways to make our show grow. If you do share anything on social media, please tag me. I would love to send you a little virtual hug and maybe I'll even give you some eye cream. You never know what you're going to get with me. (laughs) I love you guys so much and thank you for listening. And I cannot wait to hear what you think about this one. Trinity Chavez, welcome to World's Your Oyster. Thank you for having me. The interviewer becomes the interviewee. I know. And I'm like a little bit nervous because I'm like switching the seat right now. Well, don't worry. Like like I said before we started, I, on the other hand, unlike you, have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So you're just going to be getting straight up questions. These are not, no one's going to be leading you into anything. No bait and switches. That's really it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm so excited to, to finally get you here. It's been like ages in the making. We made it for season two, Yes, but she's a busy woman guys. And we're, we're so lucky to have her here. And, you know, when I started doing this podcast, I wasn't exactly sure what route I wanted to take, you know, incredibly inspirational women. Did I want to make it a mix of men and women? Did I want to just tell stories? Did I want to bring on experts and, you know, scholars and things like that. And it's kind of just evolved into this beautiful mix of all of it. Yes. And I feel like with season two, what I've really wanted to focus on is all different areas because niching out is so important. Yes. And for you, I feel like 
I mean, there's so many incredible things about you, right? Not only are you beautiful, talented, smart, eloquent, all of the things, but you. you know, you work. And the only reason I know this is because I see you almost every day. <laughs> all the time. You work. It's not even all the time. You work incredibly hard oh, thank and you. you just seem so gracious. You seem to love what you do. Yes. Which is, I think, so important. Mm-hmm. And you work your ass off. And, you know, some people think beautiful women, they don't work hard. But this woman is like the shining example <laughs> example of someone who truly has it all, but is is still incredibly hardworking. So oh, thank you. kudos to you for everything that you do. I love to, to watch everything that you're doing. And I know that this is probably just the beginning for you because you're still so young and you've got so much going on. But I would love to learn more about how you actually got into the field of journalism. So I'm originally from Las Vegas, which you know, and I just always love telling people stories and doing research and investigating things and finding out what the truth behind what people were telling me was. And so I originally started going to school for many different things. I started volunteering. Didn't we all? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I, it was, it was trial and error because, you know, growing up, my dad always wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. Okay. And so I started as soon as I was old enough, like 15 volunteering at a hospital and I was getting school credit and sort of like seeing if that's a field that I wanted to go into. I was working in the emergency room, um, helping with EKGs, MRIs, things like that. And then I was also working in like the NICU postpartum area and it was amazing. It was such an incredible experience, but I'm like, I don't know that I could, I want to be a doctor. So then when I got into college, I started taking classes to be a lawyer, you know, elective credits to see if that's something that I wanted to do. I really enjoy the process. I love debating. I love uh, searching for the truth. I love getting answers. If someone tells me no, I'm like, no, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get my way. And so I really love that process, but I... All the paperwork and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The reading and the... All the administrative things and like the working the long hours and all all of that stuff. And then everybody would tell me, you know, it's really hit or miss if you make money in that industry. And so I'm like, maybe that's not the industry for me. But then through elective courses in college, I started experimenting with journalism. And it was a very similar field because I also had to hit the ground running, dig for the truth, look Mm -hmm. at the evidence and then present the case, which is like, you know, presenting your story to your audience. When you think about being an attorney, you have to gather all the facts, right? You have to bring a story to life and then you have to present it to the jury, which is very similar to your audience. Yeah. It's acting. Exactly. Storytelling. Storytelling. You're, you're telling someone's story Mm -hmm. and someone who doesn't necessarily have the voice to tell them the story themselves. And so you're sort of giving voice to the voiceless Mm -hmm. and fighting for something. And that's where I thought that journalism and being an attorney were very similar. And so I switched my major to journalism and communications. And I did classes in marketing and PR, and I was doing my broadcast journalism as well. And so you were always thinking on camera, always, always thinking on camera, but it was just always fun. And I love having conversations with people like yourself and Mm -hmm. like, you know, telling their story, but When I was going to school at UNLV, we had a school station that was on cable and we had, I mean, one of the best journalism programs, what we were doing, we were writing, producing, editing our own stories. I was a one man band where I had like 40 pound camera equipment on in my backpack and I was going in 120 degree weather reporting on like the heat in Las Vegas. And And you're in college. mm -hmm, Yep. I was in college. So when most were concerned about like doing keg stands, you had a 40 pound camera on your back. It was so crazy because I didn't like drink 
or go out or anything in college. I was like the bookworm in the library or at the studio. I just, I didn't do anything because I knew that I wanted to go to the number one media market in the world. I knew I was going to make it in New York City, despite what everybody else was telling me. They're like, no, you have to start off in a small market. You're never going to make it. So I'm like, oh yeah, watch. I'm not going to make it. Watch me. And that's what I did. And I worked really, really hard when I was in Vegas and I was my own producer, editor, camera person, writer, all the things. And then I would anchor our show that was on cable for school. Right. And whoever was in that program, like they also learned all of those things. And we worked so hard and we wore many different hats and I got my experience like that. And so what I did is when I had my last internship credit in school, I saved it. And because I knew that I wanted to get an internship in New York because I was like, I'm going to get an internship and I'm going to get hired and I'm not coming home. And that's exactly what I did. No way. So CBS News, that was my first internship in New York and I didn't come home. Did you get to do anything on camera while you were there? Or you were more of like, okay, great. No, no. Well, no, not like at a a professional capacity, but our internship program, what we did is that we had a group. It was our intern project. And we had to vote for whoever we wanted to be the anchor. And then I got voted the anchor. And so I got to anchor the newscast for our intern project. And I was on like the evening news set where Scott Pelley would sit. And so it was just (laughs) so incredible. And I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I want to do. It's so fun. I love it. And I just, I mean, I love the grit of New York, the hustle. I had, and I still do, have to work extremely, extremely hard as many people in New York have to especially as this is the number one market for so many industries. Yeah. And I don't know. I just love it. Is it crazy? Like, do you ever get this? Because I, I mean, I know now through knowing you that, you know, obviously broadcast journalists have to actually do the journalism and do the digging. But growing up my entire life, I just thought that they hired somebody to come and just tell the story. I did not realize that the person that was on the camera was actually the one finding the news, getting the stories, writing the stories, producing the show, making it interesting. I think it's different for every company. It's different for every like talent. It's different. I mean, everybody has a different path, right? You can't just sort of like stereotype everyone and be like, oh, okay, this is how this person did it. So everybody else is doing it like that. That's not the case because I do know reporters and other correspondents who all they do is you know, present, yes. Yeah. And they have, they have producers and stuff that write things for them. And then they just, you know, they read the prompter, which is fine, you know, but then I do know other people who literally do everything from beginning, middle to end. It just really depends on what their contract stipulates, what their experience entails, what the company's requirements or needs are. I mean, there's so many different things to consider. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it really just depends on the person, but I, that's not to say that you know, many people don't do that because I, I find, especially in today's society, in this industry, that so many people wear so many hats, right? Writer, producer, editor, camera person, photog, whatever you need. Like you, you just have to sort of have the all hands on deck mentality, especially when breaking news hits, you know, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing a million different things at one time. So, and it's all happening live. So, and, yeah. and it could change at any moment, yeah, correct? So like course. you can be in the middle of telling a story live and you could get something in your ear and have to like go left. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. No. So a lot of people don't realize like when you're reporting to the camera, you have an IFB. Yeah. I have an IFB and I have like the, the director in my ear telling me exactly where to go. What, you know, if something is changing, if, you know, a press conference is going on at the White House or something like that, and we're getting, we're getting that feed in real time, they'll sometimes punch it through. So I'm like listening to the press conference and, and like talking. talking about it at the same time. And then there might be like sirens going on behind me or like somebody, you know, trying to get in, interfere with the shot. And I, I, there's just so many things going on. And so you really have to be aware of all of your surroundings, listening to the director, trying to remember your, remember your script, get the facts right. How does one even prepare for something like this? You just do it. Yeah, you just do it. I mean, I would have to say just research, research, research. And for me, repetition is key. Exactly. So it was funny because I remember I went into an interview one time and they were like, do you have experience in this area? And I said, no, but I can tell you that I will become a subject matter expert in whatever topic you give me because you have to. Yeah. And that's where you find your, your experts. You're going to talk to them. You're going to interview them. You're going to immerse yourself in whatever topic you're, you're given to report on. And you're going to find out the facts. You're going to reach out to your sources and dig for the truth. Yeah. And then you're going to present the facts, you know, whichever way, you know, and you want to always get both sides of the story, you know, not just, and you can never let your opinion sway your say Not just yours. Never. <laughs> no, you can't. No, that's something that I pride myself on is that I never try to infiltrate my reporting with my personal with opinion. I mean, of course I have them, but that's not my job no. to, you know, it's just to report the facts and let the viewer make their own informed decision with reliable sources. Now, how do you get from the internship that you have at CBS to where you are today, which I know you focus mostly on financials? Yeah, yeah. So, so how does that happen? So, oh my gosh, it feels like a <laughs> lifetime ago, but then again, it seems like yesterday. Uh, so I was interning for CBS News and at the same time I was hustling. There's a saying one of my friends told me one time and he said, hustle while you wait. So. While I was interning at CBS, I was hustling and I was still applying for jobs at other places because I'm like, if I don't get a job, you know, an entry level job with CBS news, like I'm not, I don't know what, you know, I'm going to do after that. So I was freelancing. I was freelance reporting, writing, whatever I could do just to sort of make connections. And by the way, the way I got that internship at CBS, I was sending, I was in Las Vegas. I didn't know anybody in New York City (laughs) at all. So what I would do is after like the morning shows, I would see like the credits and I would find out who the producers were and who the writers were. And then I would look them up online, find their emails, and I would send cold emails to them like, hi, my name is Trinity. I'm a student at UNLV. I really love your work. I love the story that you covered covering XYZ. I, you know, I'm going to be in New York or even like if you can get a coffee or like have a, you know, I think we were doing, I don't even know what it was, a video call or it was just a phone call. Can I have five minutes of your time? I would love your, you know, insight that you have. How do I break into this industry? Whatever yeah. it might be. How many of them responded? Oh my God. Like I would send, I don't know, I think maybe like two or three responded out of the dozens and dozens of emails that I sent, but it only took one, you right. know? So somebody did finally respond yeah. and kind of took you under their wing yes. and, and became your mentor. Me. And then, yeah. And then I came to New York and I lined up like coffee appointments with these people just to get their advice and whatever I like, if, can you introduce me this person or that person or how should I go about it? 
And it worked. Yeah. It but look w- at the way that you were already digging just to get yeah, the job. So exactly. it shows that you like truly were and always have been a journalist. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I just think that it's not even about journalism. It's just fighting for what you want. Mm. It's just that grit. You know, it's the fact that people were telling me that I couldn't do something. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you, you know? And I feel like when things come easy in life, you don't appreciate it as much. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's like when you really have to fight for something, it's like the victory tastes that much sweeter. Yeah. And I just kept fighting and I still keep fighting. I mean, I really, I mean, there's so many things that I want to accomplish and, and levels of my career that I want to reach. And I'm a work in progress every day. We're going to go back on that for sure. (laughs) Yes. Going back to your point of how I went from like being an intern to being like a lead anchor now is like, I was hustling. I was hustling while I waited. And it was just through meeting people and connections that, oh, hey, there's a freelance gig here. There's a freelance gig there. And so I was just taking whatever I can get. Eventually I was working, you know, at ABC News and I got my foot in the door there. And I remember they asked (laughs) me, oh my God, if somebody's listening to this, they asked me, they're like, can you edit on this system? And I knew how to edit, but I didn't specifically know that system all too well. But I'm like, (laughs) yes, yes, I can. I can do it a hundred percent. Like with such conviction, I remember I did not know like to that capacity. And there was not like YouTube wasn't the way YouTube is nowadays where you can literally figure out how to do anything. No, there was like a a thick book like this, like a huge book. What was it? Like Final Cut Pro? Oh, I don't even know that. I know it's back in the day. I don't even know that one. (laughs) <laughs> your face. But they're like, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So what I would do is that I talked to one of the editors afterwards, after the interview, I said, look, do you mind if I just shadow you? And he was working the overnight shift. And I'm like, look, you don't have to talk to me. Nothing. I know you're going to be crashing. Let me just shadow you. And that's what I did. I went in on my own time, like three o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, whenever he was working. And I would just sit there with my notebook, just writing notes and, and like teaching myself in real time, just immersing myself with everything that he was doing. Were your parents really hard workers? Oh, hundred percent. Like, how did you get, cause this is like real grit. This oh, is yeah. real determination. Like it's so funny cause the art of shadowing, I feel like is so gone. I literally just spoke about this yesterday with somebody in my real job about yeah. shadowing and they were mortified to have to yeah. even ask to shadow someone. And they thought that they were going to be completely inconveniencing them. And, you know, I make it like when I train somebody, I make them a part of my day-to-day life yeah. for, you know, months and months and months. Yes. But, and I introduce them to everybody and I just tell them, it's going to be awkward. This person's going to be sitting here watching us do this, but just deal with it. It's okay. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but nobody wants to shadow anymore. Nobody wants to do the hard work that needs to get done to get to where you need to get to. Yeah. So how did you know how to do those things? Number one, how did you know that you should reach out to all of those people? How did you know, Hey, I should ask that guy if I, if I should shadow him. Did you, was it just like innate? It was just muscle memory. Like it was just my nature of not giving up. My parents always taught me never give up. Just be the hardest worker. That's it. Like, cause there's a million other pretty girls out there or guys or smarter than you or whatever, but no one's going to be a harder worker than me. Like no one, I will be the hardest worker in that damn room. I always say the same thing about myself. Yes, yes. I don't care like how smart, how pretty, whatever, like what you bring to the table, that's great. But I know that I could learn whatever task it is at hand and I will outwork 
anybody. Yeah. Um, it's the Latina in us. It's the Latina in us. Really yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> but it's just, it's the hustle. And also I had everything on the line. I was so determined not to go back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I, I need to make it here. I told everyone I'm going to make it here. I'm, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail. And the thing is, is like so many people told me no. Right. You know, so many people told me no. And that's okay. And I think that more people need to talk about that it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's never easy and you're going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain point where rejection doesn't sting as much or as hard after you hear it so many times. I mean, that sounds bad to say, but I mean, after a certain point, I'm like, okay, yeah, you told me no. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay, rejection a little bit. They say rejection is protection. Yeah, by the way. rejection is protection. <laughs> and if you're getting rejected, you're just not talking to the right person. Correct. There's always going to be, because after I've been rejected, trust me, those people have come back and offered me something now. And I'm like, Oh, that's so funny. How like the tides have turned like yeah. full circle moment. But yeah, my parents just always taught me like, never give up, never settle for less, know your worth and just be determined and yeah. don't let anyone break your spirit. And trust me, there was points in times where it was so hard and I wanted to give up and I was crying. And like every day I remember at one point and, um, it was tough. But I remember my little sister, even she was, I think she was like seven at the time. And she's like, no, 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 don't give up, TT. We, we know that you can do this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Mm. And that was one thing that kept me going also is having a really strong core support system. Mm-hmm. Like my family and still to this day, like my family is everything. And I think that if you have good values, if you have a good core support system, I, you know, you can get through so much. Yeah. It, I mean, that is truly, it's everything yeah. to be able to have someone to rely on. And it's interesting in those days, I, I mean, I don't know how many years ago was this, but was, did you have a huge Instagram following, you know, because sometimes it's like, you know, with these larger creators, you know, you put something up on the internet, it gets a million likes, you feel a little bit of that gratification, or, you know, you have a show on YouTube and you get all the views and you, you get that little hit. Right. But when you're at that time, a small creator and nobody is telling you to keep going, it, it is really hard to keep going. No, it, it is. And I mean, even my TikTok now, I was actually like, like I'm like, geez, <laughs> fucking TikTok, like, you know, man. Fucking, what is that with the algorithm, guys? Hate, no, no, what it, the hell? Mine's pathetic, so oh I don't God. even... <laughs> but okay, so that's how you start, is just starting. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do. And so often, we waste so much time procrastinating, thinking about every single thing that we need in order to start. And it makes us feel better about ourselves thinking that we're actually putting the, like the wheels in motion, thinking about this plan, Mm. but it's really just procrastination, right? Just do it. Done is better than perfect. Like that's what I always say. Just get it done. And guess what? Half of the things that you thought you prepared for, you're not going to need them or you're going to be like, wow, you'll learn so much more by just doing it. Yeah. By just doing it. hundred percent. And even to, I mean, even now, like my videos, I'm like posting to TikTok. It's only a few hundred views. And I'm like, what the hell? Like some of them got hundreds of thousands of views. What's going on with this algorithm? <laughs> I don't know. We need to call somebody though. We need to find, that's, that is going to be the mission. We need to find the contact yes. at, at, at Snapchat. We will. Instagram too. That, right. that, that just, whole thing is a like disaster. But um, how important is social media actually to what you're doing nowadays? Oh, it's so important. Yes. And especially I want to say during COVID, so many grassroots journalists came out and, Mm. you know, 
I mean, a lot of people are considered journalists now because they're on the ground live streaming. I think before, I don't know, what what was it? Periscope, I think that started the whole like live streaming thing. (laughs) I didn't even know about that or know how to use it. But I think that's where it originated from was like Periscope. And then there was like Twitter streaming or Facebook Live and, Mm -hmm. and now like Instagram Live or IGTV and just so many different things. But I think social media plays a huge role in keeping the public informed. But so often it's like, you don't know what you're looking at on social media, like how true it is. And so that's the problem now. And I mean, we're seeing it play out. Like obviously, you know, with the whole Facebook and Meta scandal and Capitol Hill, like so many different things. And how are we going to regulate this? And even with like Truth Social and, and Trump on Twitter and like just, we're seeing that play out in real time. Yeah. But I do think it's important for branding and posting. You know, people want to see what what happens yeah, behind, the, behind the, scenes. the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It makes it feel closer to you and your content. And um, is that something know, that even networks doing? are looking for? Or like, I mean, I don't Definitely. even I don't even know how it works in what you do. But like, you know, if you want to be doing something for somebody, do they ask you like, what is yeah, your social media following? I mean, it's not going to hurt if yeah. you have millions of followers. I mean, that's an audience that yeah. you're bringing with you. Well, you have a pretty big following. So how do you juggle? You do, you do, but you have a big following. You have a pretty decent following. I mean, there's definitely a K there. (laughs) There's definitely a K. There's there's definitely two digits too in front of it on Instagram and TikTok. So like, don't let her let you get it twisted. Okay. She's got the following. How do you plan that? Because you already are planning so much in your life for your actual job. You're waking yeah. up at the crack of dawn just to do the workout. And I know because I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> um, not, and I will follow you on TikTok yes, now that I know yes. you're on. I knew you were on, but I, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I am following you or not. But <laughs> how are you actually dedicating time to put together your reels, put together your content to make, make sure that it's cohesive? Because you said it is important for yeah. you to have an online personality and an online presence. So how do, how do you manage that portion so, of your life? So, I mean, I'm still balancing it, right? I mean, I it depends on the day. It really depends on the day and like what I have going on. I make it a goal for myself to post at least, I want to say one TikTok a week, just oh. something manageable, right? Oh. Like, because then once you accomplish that small goal, then you're like, okay, great. Then I could do two. Yeah. Did two. Let me do three. The thing is, if you overset these goals and you make them unobtainable and then you don't reach that goal, you're, you're less just- likely to keep going. Mm-hmm. You want to start small and then keep going big. So that was my goal. Let me just do one, one story a week. I did that. Now I'm doing like three, four a day, Yeah, you know, and I'm waiting for your coffee in the morning, <laughs> but that's how, that's how you have to start. And I think that so many people put emphasis on like, you know, just trying to make a splash and like really going big or go home, which is, which is great. But then if you don't meet that expectation, if you don't meet that goal, then how likely are you to, you know, continue to push yourself? You're just going to feel like, Oh, I didn't do the one yesterday. I'm not going to do the one today. And it's just, it just starts with just one small, one small like victory. Yeah. No, totally. And that's great advice. And I think that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. It is definitely important to like make sure that your online presence is something that you're proud of. Yeah. Right. And it shouldn't feel like work. Just like, that's what I always say. I'm like, I just post the freaking picture, make the real and just like put it out there. Even if it's not perfect, even if you look like a crazy person, I mean, don't risk your job. Don't do anything too crazy, but like just put it out there, like have a representation of yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to do that. But also you have to find a balance and see what you're comfortable with showing. I know that, you know, like uh, some people might not be comfortable with showing 
enjoying certain aspects of their life. And I do like a sense of privacy in my life as well. So it's just all about finding that middle ground and what works for you, what works for your lifestyle, and then having a balancing act from there. Mm -hmm. But what I also like to do is, so there's this book called Make Your Bed. Oh, I don't know this one. Was it oh, one of the habits, like Atomic Habits yes, or whatever? It's like Atomic Habits. It's like subtle art of not giving a fuck. But it's, it's about it's about just one simple victory of starting your day by making your bed sets you up for success for it's the very rest of the day. easy. And that's why for me, it's very important to have a routine. It's very, you know, make your bed, go to the gym, eat healthy. Like as soon as you start these habits, they're muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. your brain's not thinking about it anymore. And then you just go for it. And the feeling of accomplishment will keep you going. And you're going to want more. You're going to want more. And so that's how I motivate myself. I always wonder, because I am a very regimented person. I yeah. have a, a pretty like intense schedule that I keep for myself. And I love it. How do you do on vacations? Oh my God. Are you good on vacations? No. Yeah. I'm horrible. I never shut Same. up. See, the thing is, it's like, it's very true when they say- I like to hear one another because I'm like, good, great, me too. I know. And, and my husband was telling me, he's like, baby, you need to shut off. And so I, I started reading again more. Actually, I have a- I I'm going to start a book club. So you have to join. Literally, I have a book in my purse right now because I'm reading wherever I go. Me because too. I just, it, it, when I need like a minute to just shut off, I'm like forcing myself to read because my brain is going a million miles per hour. And even on vacation, it's like, because I really do love what I do. And so yep. it's really hard for me to shut off. Yeah, like, I don't completely. like to be away. Kind no. Of. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But then I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. Like I, I need, I need to shut off. And you do, you have to recharge. Otherwise you're, you're going to burn the candle at both ends. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning. And like I told you, like every day I'm, I'm learning how to balance things better. I'm learning more about myself as I evolve personally, professionally, just in all areas of life. Yeah. And you have to do what works for you. Yeah. So maybe, so now like, you know, when I'm trying to have quality time with my husband, I'll wait until like, I don't know, he's in the shower or something like that. And I'll like check an email, you know, I know, that. I know. Cause the judgment, the side eye, yeah. cause my it's husband like, is so good doing? at like, he is like church and state with yeah. work, you know, Same. like when it's done, it's done for oh him. Oh my God. I don't know what that's like. I don't know. I, I've never been. And then like, and I'll just keep adding things to my plate. Like I just said, I'm going to start, I'm literally starting a book club. I just oh had the God. idea two days ago and I'm literally starting the book club. Well, I got, I got the website. I got that. It's done. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, you guys heard it here first. I'm a part of her book club. She's coming in the book okay. club, but, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I experience the same thing and it's, it, it, that is a huge work in progress for yeah. me. And it's, and I am trying to learn from him because I do see that he is much more like Zen and calm yeah. and oh, sometimes we just need to woosah, but let's talk about what you're doing now. What, what are we so, doing in this season of our lives? So this season of my life, <laughs> I rotated my clothes in my closet, getting ready for fall. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> you did that already? Yeah, I did. I did that today because I told you it looks yeah, so cool it, it really like, is. I'm literally it's in a ugly, turtleneck already. It's an ugly it's day. August. Yeah. And you're like looking like spring and fabulous. Yeah, it's like summertime. You know what? It, it was... You're looking like I'm going to a funeral. That's fine. That's <laughs> true. It's okay. We're doing the black and white thing. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So now I'm a lead anchor. I'm at the New York Stock Exchange. I cover IPOs, SPAC combinations, acquisitions, everything happening out of the exchange in the business sector. And that's also like different from where I come from. I was formerly, you know, I was at CBS News and covering breaking news all the time. Right. And Which could be anything <laughs> yes. from like a shark attack to... To space you know, news. Who knows? Right. You never know. Like yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, it's definitely a fast paced environment as well. It's just in a different sector. So it's, it's just different, but mm-hmm. I really love it. And... 
I have a lot of fun there. And how do you stay informed? Like, were you always interested in the market? Is this something that like is lighting you up on the inside? Oh my gosh, I've always been interested in the market. I started investing when I was like 18 years old. And yeah. again, like I just love learning. I love learning about different things. I love knowing anything about money, <laughs> business. I just, I just really like it. And that's why I love the news so much because yeah. it was always different every single day. I never had the same story. And that's the same thing what I'm doing now. It's just, I'm, I'm constantly learning whether I'm talking to, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies or hearing about their story, how they started their business. You know, again, no one's path is the same mm -hmm. and hearing everybody's story. It's so interesting, Yeah, but yeah, that's why I love what I do. It's just ever-changing. It's never the same. And it's always challenging me to be better. Yeah. Do you feel that you still get to be creative even though you typically will have an agenda for the day, right? Whether it's an IPO or a SPAC that you're covering. Do you still get to be creative when you're bringing these stories to life? Or oh, is it for sure. pre prescriptive? No, I get to be super creative when we're telling these stories. As a matter of fact, it's... Uh, that's my job, right? Like right. that's the task at hand is like, how can I make every story different and bring it to life in some, in a different capacity, in a different form. And so that's what I mean about it. I'm always evolving. I'm always being challenged and uh, I get to be creative. Yeah. And when it's live, I mean, you know, I even have like a live show coming up that we're going to be doing from a, a cruise ship. Ooh. Oh no, not a cruise ship. It's a different ship, but a military ship. Oh, there a military a, there ship. A, there was okay. a cruise ship too that we were efforting. <laughs> but you know, like there's just so many different ways we could tell stories and it's creating original content. Yeah. I love it. So how do you prepare for say, you know, a, an IPO day? Are you like, do, are you getting bits about this company for the week? Do you only have 24 hours? Do you have 12 hours? Like so just really, run me through a day, uh, an IPO day. I mean, it really just, it really depends. I mean, sometimes there's so many like NDAs in place. I mean, mm. we can't talk about it. I don't even know if I could be talking about it right oh, now. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, you know, it's just when I find out what we're, we're doing, I mean, I don't find out a lot of the information until like the day before and we're learning new information the day of. Right. You know, especially, you know, when I'm reporting live on it, when it comes to an IPO, you're like waiting for the price discovery to come out. You're talking to the designated market makers. You're, you know, you're waiting for the first trade about to happen. You're, there's so many things that are going on and that could change in an instant that it's breaking news. Yeah. Wow. So how does it feel to be like a woman that's out there, a Latina woman that's out there on the floor amongst all of men, a lot of men? Most, mostly men. But I mean, I would have to say that it's, you know, it's changing and it's great. And I love, there's so many women who work at the New York Stock Exchange now. We have a president that is, yes. you know, Lynn Martin. She's our second female president. Yep. I mean, we're seeing the landscape change so much in society today. And I love the fact that I'm a Latina woman on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and, you know, this all male institution that started off, you know, back in the day, how it's changed so much and to see the evolution. But I just think like, that's the nature of society today. And it's it's great to be a part of it. And does that shape your story, the way that you tell stories at all, being, you know, that you are a female, a Latin woman, like, does that shape the way that you share your news and share these stories? Yes and no. So mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that I'm sort of like a representation mm -hmm. of the Latino community, that I'm a female, but I also want to be known for my work. And 
yes, I, I, I'm here because I was the best candidate, not because I'm a female, not because I was, you know, a quota that HR needed to fill. You know what I mean? Like, it's great that I'm female. That's a part of who you are, but it's not everything that you are. Exactly. You know? And so often I think that, I don't know, it's like the question, like, how does it feel to be a woman on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange? It's like, I didn't even, you know, really, you don't, you're not necessarily I, thinking about yeah, that I'm not at thinking all thinking about that. I'm thinking that I have a job to do, right? And this is my place of work and I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Not necessarily. What's the best way I could tell this story? Not what's the best way that I could tell the story as a female reporter? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Because then I'm putting myself in a box, right? Like, yeah, I'm putting, like I'm so stereotyping myself. And so I just try to, you know, I stand on my own two feet with the people that I work with and I just try to treat everybody like peers. And it's amazing that we're, you know, breaking glass ceilings while we're doing it, but I don't necessarily stop throughout the day and like, you know, oh, I'm a female, I'm here. Like, I don't, I don't look at it like that. That's awesome. No, I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) That wasn't one of my trick questions. I wasn't trying to trick question journalists you, but I wanted, I really wanted to know how you, how that made you feel, because I was hoping that that was going to be your answer, because I think that, a lot of sometimes women will put themselves in this box of like yeah. of that or, oh, I'm here because I had to fill a quota. Like it's brilliant no. that you said that because that was like exactly, yeah. that is exactly what I was looking for because you do just want to do the best job that you possibly can do. And yeah. it's, and it, and that's so beautiful. So and it's just, I want to let my work speak for itself, you know, like that. Yeah, exactly. Whether man, woman or fish, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And we're moving that way. Yeah. I really do think that we are moving that way. It doesn't really matter like who you are, what you are, where you come from. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. It's taken a long time, but we're, we're definitely getting there. So what does success look like for you 10 years down the line? Like what is the dream job, the dream goal? Oh man, that's a loaded question because I think I have so many different goals from like a personal standpoint as well as, you know, professionally. I mean, I definitely will be the boss. Of course, I would see myself like with a family and, you know, my husband and I were married. And so, I mean, growing our family personally would be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just traveling the world a lot and being happy. Yeah. You know, like happy is my, my number one goal. And to me, that would be success. Like just being extremely happy and being surrounded by the ones that I love. You know, I think that to me is like the ultimate success. I love that answer. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) It's good. so good. (laughs) And do you think you would ever want to be behind the camera or is it always going to be in? Well, I am. I am behind the camera um, to certain aspects of it. You know, like I'm editing, I'm I'm producing, I'm writing. I am then in front of the camera also. So I do all different things and I enjoy all the aspects of it. Mm -hmm. I think that makes you more valuable. The more valuable that you could become to your company, the more hats that you can wear. I suggest that you do that because especially with the the rapid expansion of AI and yep. all the things that corporations are implementing, I think by making yourself more valuable, learning different aspects of the business and how you can add value to the business, that's going to be instrumental. Yeah, no, absolutely. Learn, I, that's what I say. Like, if you don't keep up with what's going on, you're going to be left behind. And like people always, when they talk about AI, oh, it's going to replace humans. It's not going to replace humans. If you know how to operate the artificial intelligence, exactly. like you're going to become indispensable, which is why like I take every course I take, like I do, I, I just like invest my time and my money into that because I want to learn. Yeah. And like some of the stuff is far-fetched out there. And I'm like, I don't know how I'll ever be able to use this for my corporation. There are ways that I can definitely use it for this. Yeah. But 
you have to be able to keep up because yes. otherwise you're just going to be left in the dust. And exactly. We ain't getting left in the dust, baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to be like 10 steps ahead for sure because if you don't keep with the times, like you said, you'll be left in the past. Yeah. So. so do you have any advice that you would like to pass on to any young boys, girls, fishes out there? The fishes. The fishes <laughs> that, yeah. um, you know, want to get into journalism and any tips that you could give them? Immerse yourself in everything that you can. Um, learn what you can to make yourself an in- indispensable asset to whatever company you want to work for. Do your research figure out where you want to be, reach out to those people, cold call, cold email. Don't give up. Don't let anyone deter you from your dreams. You just have to be the hardest worker out there. Learn everything that you can. Immerse yourself around people who have like-minded goals. You're only as good as the company you keep. And if you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of bums, you're going to become one yourself. Amazing advice. It's true. It's true. I tell this to my younger brothers and sisters all the time. I'm like, you're only good as the company you keep and people will also put you in that crowd. If they see you're hanging out with a certain crowd or whatever, people will, you know, stereotype you. It's true. Yeah. Like you want to surround yourself with people who have like-minded goals, similar values that will help reach the next level of your career or where you want to go. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be left in the dust with those people who are like dragging you down. No, that's what I always say. So you should be hanging out with people that are way smarter than you. Yes. A hundred percent. And I don't want to be the best house on a bad block. I want to be the best house in the best neighborhood with the best people. Like that's with what, the nicest fence. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the and biggest the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, before we wrap, actually, I do want to talk to you a little bit about okay, fashion okay. because you are fashion girl. Oh so I want to know, like, are you working with a stylist? How do you keep track of all these clothes? And like, what, like, what are you doing? So, I mean, I have worked with a stylist. I have when it like working with the networks, you do have a stylist, you, you know, they they give you clothes. So it depends, again, it depends on like your contract and what you work into them. But yeah, I mean, that, that is standard practice in the industry. No comment on where that now. (laughs) I do love dressing up. I love wearing a power suit. That's like my thing on the trading floor. I love it. It might be hot pink. It might be black. It depends on the day. Who knows? But you're, you keep it super feminine and, and girly, which yeah. I love when you're talking and you're reporting about things that are so serious and business focused, but like you are still you. Well, and I think that femininity is a superpower. Brains, beauty, boldness. I think that you should embrace the person that you are, the woman you are, the man you are. I just think that you need to embrace it. And that's a thing that my parents would always tell me, like, don't let anyone break your spirit. Don't let anyone make you feel less than. Mm. And that's what I've always just remembered. And I will never let somebody make me feel less than. Has anybody ever in this industry told you to be less? Oh my God, a hundred percent. Like less extra, less this, less that. It's like, whatever. It's like, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I feel you. I hear, I hear that. I think that a lot of people, bold women like us probably yeah. <laughs> get that a lot. Well, I think that this is a perfect place to end because that was incredible advice. And <laughs> I, before we go, I do want to end with my new question of season two, which I'm asking everybody. Okay. We used to do these silly rapid fires, but now we're going to okay. keep a little bit more real. Okay. I would love to know what is the best piece of advice that you've been given? Hustle while you wait. Hustle while you wait. Hustle while you wait. Do not wait for the perfect time to do anything. Like just do it. Just get started and 
you got to hustle. And even when you have one thing going on, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That basket you can break, have, baby. Exactly. <laughs> you want to have a plan B, C, D, and then, you know, have options. Options are always good. Like yeah. that's the advice I would leave you with is hustle while you wait. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Trinity. This yes, was so fun. So fun. And you're welcome back anytime when okay. you want to break that breaking news. Yes. You can do it here first. You get the exclusive. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for listening to World Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, we would love if you could share this episode with a friend. And if you're not yet subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, please do so. And if you happen to have a little bit of time, we would love if you could leave us a five-star rating. We're also doing our thing on social media. So give us a follow at World's Your Oyster Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And because we are omni-channel girlies, don't forget to stop on our website and subscribe to our newsletter, www.worldyouroyster.com. You could also read my blog there, check out the back catalog of Paula's picks, or you can drop by and listen to a few episodes while you're there. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye.